What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Arnie's. We are three stuttering Hugo Weavings with nothing better to do. I'm Matt Johnson, and I'm taking the blue pill every day of the week, if I'm being honest. I'm Keith Baker, and I'm the first agent that Trinity kills. And I'm Austin Terry, and I gotta say, I don't like seeing Keanu Reeves without his long hair. On today's show, which is actually our last show of 2021, we will be discussing the latest entry to the Matrix franchise, The Matrix Resurrections. But before we get into that, Austin, how is Spider-Man No Way Home? Ooh, Spider-Man No Way Home was awesome. That was our main episode last week. We finally, after all this time building up to a new Spider-Man movie, we finally got to see it. And I got to say, you said it, Matt, this is our last show of the year. Kind of wish we were going out on Spider-Man No Way Home, but unfortunately, we got to go out on The Matrix. <laughs> no other way to do it. But yeah, I really enjoyed uh, No Way Home. I got to say, that was one of the best movies I've seen in theaters in a long time, probably in the last two or three years. I had a blast. Well, Keith, I'm sure in terms of quality, this one has to rank up there close, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Sounds like Keith is taking the blue pill. Oh, Keith, how dare you? <laughs> and with that, let's get into the main topic of today's show. The Matrix burst onto the scene in 1999, asking us the question, is what we're seeing and experiencing real? We've gotten two bad Matrix sequels, and there's a new one already. It's been 20 years since the last one. Has Lana Wachowski and the team found a way to bring us back into the Matrix while making it feel fresh while also telling us a new story that feels worthwhile? That's the question. What is the Matrix to you, Keith? Oh, man. So I think I told you guys I'd only seen the first one as a kid. Never saw the uh, sequel, so this is my first time watching all... Uh, of the original trilogy all the way through. I'm not sure if I like these movies all the way through yet. I okay. mean, I, there's okay. lots of stuff in it that I did like. I was like, oh, that's a really cool idea, cool concepts, but like the execution wasn't always the best for me. Were the performances good? Sure. But um, this is a franchise that's going to have to kind of simmer for me for a bit before I can really uh, say whether I, I think it's good or not good or just okay. Yeah, for me, I had never seen The Matrix 1 all the way through, like you said. Of course, I've seen the clips. I know, I, like, I knew the twist. I knew it was a simulation. I've seen the bullet time shots. It's hard to avoid all of that. But I've never actually sat down and watched it all the way through. And I got to say, for me, watching it in 2021, Matrix 1, I thought, held up really well. And I really enjoyed it. Uh, as for 2 and 3, I actually think I like 3 more than 2, which might be an unpopular opinion. Um but regardless of that, I don't think either one of the sequels for the original trilogy were very strong. I think they really just tried to go all in on the action, and then were like, oh shit, we have to tell a story with this somehow. And I think the story is what really falters in both two and three. Um, overall, though, I did really enjoy Keanu Reeves, Carrie Ann Moss, Lawrence Fishburne as kind of like our big three. Overall, I think I'm just in line with the fact that the sequels are pretty bad for this franchise. Well, Austin, I want to add to that point you just made, that three is better than two. I think I'm in the same boat. I wow. think I did enjoy three better than two. And I got to say, I've come into this podcast before with faded memories of something that we've watched, but I can honestly say I don't remember anything <laughs> from Matrix 2 at all. Dude, neither do I. I honestly don't know what happened If you ask what me what happened in Matrix 2, I have no idea. I, I really cannot so remember. Inconsequential within the context of the whole trilogy. It has some great moments. I know there was tribal people in two. Well, yeah, and Zion, and Zion is a big thing to talk about, I guess. <laughs> Never, I think of Matrix Two. I think, of course, of Zion, like I just said. I also think of the weird twist of like 
Smith is coming into the real world, but then they don't show him on screen ever until like the last scene, which is kind of strange. It's just like, oh, look, it's a guy that looks like Hugo Weaving. He's scary. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> he passes out and I guess it's going to be weird. Um, Yeah, it's it's a very weird movie. It feels like, I think we've talked about this a lot. It's like they had the original story and then they knew how they wanted to end it. But when it came to, what do we do in the middle? Oh, uh, just action scenes. <laughs> so well, I can say I can say this about number two. Yeah, I don't know exactly how many times you need to see Lawrence Fishburne do a flip on a semi truck with a samurai sword. Apparently, a but lot. I can say I can say after seeing The Matrix Two, I've seen it happen way too many times. <laughs> Some Fast and Furious shit. <laughs> <laughs> So, Matt, we haven't really heard your thoughts on the overall trilogy yet. So why don't you just let me know your thoughts on one, two, and three. What do you like about them? What do you don't like? Because I think you're the biggest Matrix fan of the three of us. I think so. But I'm curious to hear what you guys think after watching them again. Because because maybe you feel strongly like I do. Because for me, I know it's not super uh, interesting to say, but I really do feel like the first Matrix movie is... It came out in 99, but it's just one of the best movies. I think in recent memory, the way it plays with woke culture and wake up and these characters and it's an action movie, but it's also a really kind of fascinating drama, but there's also sci-fi elements and there's so much going on. And I don't know how they got away with this in the late nineties. I really don't. Like, how was this passed by a studio? But I'm glad it did because I think The Matrix really did pave the way for a lot of dramas, sci-fi movies, action movies, uh, character-based dramas with Keanu Reeves, of course, Carrie Ann Moss, and I think it's absolutely fantastic. Are the sequels great? No, not really. I think there's a lot of really cool action sequences, but I think that's the most I can really say for them um, when it comes to Morpheus on... This really crazy, fast and furious, seemingly esque uh, highway in terms of how long it is. It's oh stupid. My God. It's stupid. It's so long. Yeah. It, it, it's just ridiculous. But, you know, the action's always there. And kind of the, my final point is I think two and three are really bad movies. I think there's some interesting plot points brought up in them. But at the very least, they had the same choreographer. For Matrix 2 and 3, I really fucking wish that guy had been the same choreographer for Matrix 4, because uh, <laughs> I did not love the action in the new movie, <laughs> so I guess we'll get to that. What'd you guys think? I know I threw a lot out there. My last point, Matrix 1, still incredible, still love it, still holds up. Which one do you like more, 2 or 3? I think I would go 2, and it's just because it, I think it's a slightly more put-together product i think they had a bit more ideas yes there's still a lot that doesn't make sense with like the new version of the oracle the architect all that stuff it's still kind of confusing but i think it's still a bit more easy to follow than matrix 3 so i would go two overall yeah i think um i think with matrix one what works for me is it's really kind of a thriller action and yeah. they lost the thriller elements in two and three, which is why I don't think those work as well. Very well said. The way the story unfolds, the way you meet all these really cool characters, the way that there's this kind of mystery, like there's not really a mystery in two and three. Mm -mm. I, I really like that they play with the fact that is this real? Is this not? 
I think with two and three, the thing that works for me more so in, in three versus two is they just make Zion more interesting. And so that that's kind of what works for me in three. I do think you lose like a good Neo story in three. Neo doesn't really have a very interesting course in three. And I, I do think in two, his the story for Neo is more interesting. But I think overall, everything happening beyond Neo isn't as interesting as it is in one and three. Well said, Austin. Yeah, because I'm thinking the same thing. It sometimes feels like like there's two different franchises going on like simultaneously. It feels like there's this Star Trek kind of world going on with Zion. It's it's like the year 2150 or something like whatever it's supposed to be. And then obviously you got the the Matrix with the with all the crazy action and people coded in and all that kind of stuff. It's really weird. But um, going to the original question though, Matthew, I, I pretty much kind of already said my points, but just to kind of add to it, Matrix One I think did a really good job to introduce us to like the idea of all this kind of stuff, the the characters, what the Matrix is the whole concept of the simulated reality and why it is the way it is um, and what's going on in the so-called futuristic real world. Um, they did a good job of introducing all that. But then when you're going into two and three, I just get kind of lost, which is why I'm like, I think I need to go back and rewatch these because I feel like I could probably catch stuff I maybe didn't catch the first time viewing. Um, but I'm with Austin. I think three kind of caught my eye a little bit more. And the fact that we get a little bit more history with Zion and what's going on in the real world and why they are going into the Matrix and why they're using the Matrix. Where two, I guess they are more in the Matrix in that one, but things kind of get lost and I just, everything kind of got forgetful for me and what even happened. Two honestly just feels like one long action sequence. Yeah. Like it just, there was so much of it and it goes on for so long and I like cool action and the action's cool in two, but it's too much. Yeah. And I did watch all these movies like back to back to back. So I guess it all just kind of blended together at that point when it came to two. I'm also curious to talk to you guys about Agent Smith, who, for what it's worth, I think is one of the greatest movie villains of all time. Not because really? it's... I, I do think so. At least I would say at least... I would say Agent Smith from The Matrix is one of the most iconic movie villains. Iconic, I'd agree with. Yeah. I think with their relationship, it felt like every time they were about to actually do something interesting or new with the Neo and Agent Smith dynamic, they just reverted back to, oh, Smith is now going to try and stop Neo. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a really interesting point because I watched it this time knowing that Obviously, these are characters that people love, and it's like, oh, Neo and Smith, it, it's a classic duo. What's that going to look like? And watching it this time, I was like, yeah, it was cool, <laughs> whatever. But I got to say, the thing that struck me on this viewing, because I watched Matrix 2 and 3 along with it, was I was like, I really fucking love that Smith is our main villain, and he's just kind of a disgruntled employee which people have pointed out like on reddit and you know other outlets it's just like he's not uh, the end-all be-all when it comes to uh the machines he's just he's kind of pissed off like whenever he pulls off his glasses and he's talking to morpheus and he's just like god i i'm so annoyed (laughs) i hate this it's just like (laughs) he's pissed off i love that um, and whenever the movies go on, it becomes more about his relationship with Neo. I think they could have leaned into a different, you know, hero-villain relationship going forward, but it's still kind of fun. I just wanted to point it out. I love that 
he really is just kind of an annoyed <laughs> villain in the first movie and how that kind of leads to Neo fully figuring out that he is the one is pretty fucking sweet. I do really like their dynamic in one. I yes. think he's great in one. I just think they run out of uh, interesting ways to have him involved in two and three. Yeah, there's nothing to he's say. He's just kind of there and he replicates. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't even make sense when he does. It's just like <laughs> yeah. he replicates and then it's like, like, for example, in three, he... I guess he kind of replicates or I whatever you want to say. He like takes over the Oracle and then it's like, okay, I, I guess he can fly now. He can do those things. Why? Not really sure. I, I guess if you just like take over somebody with powers, you can do them in the matrix. <laughs> At least that's what they, that's what it seems like, but it's still super goofy. Okay. So we got to get to the main event, though, my friends, and that's The Matrix 4. Before we kind of transition into some spoiler conversations, why don't you guys let us know some opening thoughts on your thoughts on The Matrix 4? Yeah, for sure. Um, Super interesting. And I know that's probably like a catch-all comment, but I really do think this type of sequel did not expect it in terms of what they set up with trailers and just, hey... The last Matrix movie came out in, what, 2003, 2004? It's been almost 20 years. Here's the next one. Did not expect this. And I got to say, I think in terms of continuing the story, giving us the classic characters, the classic moments, I think there's a lot there. I think there's a lot to admire here. I just feel like, I don't know, I feel like I wish the same action director had been involved. I wished the same story and like the, just the same team had been involved. I think there could have been a bit more here, but overall, I think after watching it, I'm just completely overwhelmed, but <laughs> I really enjoyed it. And I think I want to see where it goes. I do want to see a sequel, which I definitely did not say after watching the first one for the first time. So maybe that's a good thing. Maybe not. <laughs> not sure. I mean, Keith, what do you think? After watching it, were you like, do I want to see more? Do you think I'm glad these characters are back? What? Because I was admittedly all over the place. And at parts, I thought that was good. And at parts, I was like, I can't believe I'm back here. I don't know if I like this. <laughs> no, I mean, it's weird because I didn't see these movies from the get go. So just watching them all new now. Going into the fourth one, I could see where somebody's like, oh, wow, this brings up a lot of nostalgia, you know, from the early or from the late 90s, early 2000s. I could see where people would get that from from this movie. It was cool how they brought the characters back. Uh, the story was decent in, in the way they kind of structured it. Um, but did I leave feeling like I wanted a sequel? I'm not sure yet. I think it's, it's another one. I got to let it simmer a bit. I don't know. That's just where these movies are hitting for me right now. I just, I can't tell. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you know, next week we're doing our year-end award special, and I don't know if this is going to be an award or not, but I think I would give Downer of the Year to The Matrix 4. I really hated this movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think it justifies its existence. I think the movie itself relies way too much on the past to tell us a new story. I don't think it does anything new for The Matrix world. I still really like Neo and Trinity, but that's really the only thing I like in this movie. Um, some of the new characters are fun. It tries to be very tongue-in-cheek in a way that I thought was not saying anything. Like, there's trying to be commentary there about remakes and reboots, but at the same time, this essentially is a remake and a reboot, and so I, that, that didn't really work for me. The way I can sum it up best is it 
just fails to do anything new for me, and, and I don't think it needs to exist. There's a lot there that I agree with. For me, when it came to this movie, there was a lot of confusion, right? Because it seems like at times they're trying to tell us that, I guess, Thomas Anderson or Neo or whatever, in reality, he was kind of in control of the events of the previous Matrix films and because those were a video game that he made. And it's like, oh, cool. It's like, <laughs> fun. <laughs> but then as time goes on, it's like, okay, it's just another gimmick and I'm not sure what they're doing. I don't know if this is supposed to be the start of a news like sequel trilogy. I have no fucking clue. Um, all I know is it just felt like at times they were really like, hey, you saw The Matrix, right? Okay, cool. We're just going to show you this scene. Don't worry about editing or quality of like acting or story or whatever. We're just going to jump to this scene because you know what's going on. And then it's like, oh, okay, something's happening. Um, Hello, hello. And then it's like, okay, we're going to The Matrix. I was like, wait, 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 I'm not ready. It's just like, this goes so quickly. It's like, I feel like I... I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I wish they had treated it a little bit like a reboot, but instead they just say it's a reboot the entire time. But in reality, they're just like flying through story beats and they're not addressing anything interesting. And you're right, it does go quickly, but at the same time, it also, for me at least, like drastically overstays its welcome. Yeah. I think this movie is way too long. Oh, um, and yeah. I, I also think, honestly, it just feels like The Matrix won just without Lawrence Fishburne. Where was he? Where was, <laughs> Where was he? he? Must be too busy filming CSI. <laughs> Where was he? God, I'm so pissed. All right, guys, we are officially in spoiler territory, of course. So I want to know about the cast and crew because this is The Matrix 4. But there was a lot of like, hey, where was that person? So I want to know about it. Austin Keith, what you got for me? All right. So The Matrix Resurrections is directed by Lana Wachowski. You may know her from, of course, The Matrix Trilogy, Cloud Atlas, and V for Vendetta. Um, it's also written by Lana Wachowski, David Mitchell, and Alexander Hemmen. And our score is composed by Johnny Kamick and Tom Tyker. All right. Going into our cast, we have Keanu Reeves as Neo, Carrie Ann Moss as Trinity, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II as Morpheus, Jonathan Groff as Smith, Jessica Henwick as Bugs, Priyanka Chopra Jones as Sati, with Neil Patrick Harris as The Analyst, and Jada Pinkett Smith as Niobe. All right, guys, there's the cast and crew. Any positive, any, any negatives? What you got? I think I'm going to give a negative out for this one. Ooh, I love when Austin gets negative. I love it. <laughs> and it's going to be to our writer, Lana Wachowski. Uh, like I said, in my kind of non-spoiler thoughts, this movie is trying to be so tongue-in-cheek. It thinks it's being so smart. To me, the writing just came off as extremely faulty. Nothing makes any sense. They don't justify why we're back. Uh, all the jokes about Warner Bros. being the parent company fell flat for me. Nothing works for me, especially in regards to the story and kind of the writing for the characters for me. Yeah, it's it's tough because all those moments you just called out should be so cool. You know what I mean? Like in 
like the individual moment, but you're so right. They're kind of not. I think a lot of that is due to the writing. But if I'm not going to call out the leads, I do want to call out my favorite performance of the movie, which was um, an upcoming actress who I've been paying attention to just when it comes to like the Marvel stuff and like Game of Thrones and Jessica Henwick. She plays Bugs in this movie. I think she's She's awesome. I really love her. I think she's great. She plays kind of, I guess, the new version of Trinity, if you want to call her that, in this movie. She's a lot of gravitas for, like, having scenes where she's just explaining things to, like, Keanu Reeves or other characters. And I was really surprised in a great way that she really kind of held those scenes. Um, I thought she was great, and I hope we see more of her in the future. Who knows? But, um, yeah, I thought she was fantastic. So she's my highlight for sure. Yeah, I think one of the smarter things they did with this movie was giving Jessica Henwick a lot of screen time because I thought she was awesome too. And she's kind of our intro like back into this world. Yeah, I thought that was a smart choice as well. Positive. I'll start with that first. Carrie Ann Moss is Trinity. I guess I'm really contributing this to the the original trilogy as well. I just really like her as Trinity. I I really like the the character of Trinity. I think she plays her really well. I I think she plays the character of uh, Tiffany, the blue-pilled, blue-pilled, coded version of her really well going into my negative and this is not a performance issue this is actually a makeup artist uh, issue and this is Jada Pinkett Smith as Niobe it just didn't buy the the oldness I have to I have to say I agree with you Keith yeah I, I yeah. don't know what it what like they just did not do a good job making her look like an old lady yeah the weird thing about this movie and I want to hear more about your thoughts Keith but the weird thing about this one is they showed us at least, I think I counted three times. They showed us like flashback scenes. So they showed us like three times modern day Jada Pinkett Smith, how she looks in regards to like fighting the machines. And then it cuts to her as an old woman and it looks kind of ridiculous. So <laughs> it's like, if you want us to like buy it, stop showing us how she looks because she doesn't right. look like that. <laughs> I don't know. It just kind of bothered me a little bit. It wasn't terrible, but I think yeah. it could have been a little bit better. It was cool to have like a like a character from the sequels. Yeah. Right? It was cool yeah. to have like a direct callback that Neo can go, Niobe, is that you? Like, that's fun. Yeah. But mm-hmm. with how ridiculous the makeup is, you kind of lose that luster pretty quick. Last thing I'll say in regards to the visuals and the action, I found the action extremely underwhelming, especially compared to the original trilogy and especially the way they use Keanu Reeves's uh, Matrix powers. He's just putting his hands up and not doing anything cool, where he had a lot, like way more cool stuff to do in the trilogy. Yeah, it's no surprise that I looked it up and Yoon Woon-ping was the choreographer for the action sequences of all three Matrix movies. And again, I think all three of those movies, there's some varying quality there, but the action is awesome. Um, It's very clear that they did not bring the same team back for this movie. And Austin, I love how you put it. It's just, it's just Keanu kind of putting his hands up whenever he needs to. And that's kind of how it feels. And I feel really bad saying this because I know I shouldn't, but it's like, We've seen him in John Wick, and I know I shouldn't take that experience and apply it to a different movie franchise. I know I shouldn't, but I kind of can't help it in this case. And it's like, the action is so poorly filmed in this. It's just, yeah, ugh. 
I mean, I, like I had the same putting thought. Putting his hands up. It, it sucks. It's it, it's really a shame. I had the same thought. I was like, this is Keanu Reeves. Like, this, this guy does all his own stunts. He did it all in The Matrix. He's done it all in John Wick. Why aren't they having him do anything cool in The Matrix 4? Or you think they were trying too hard to make him be like this this seasoned, blue-pilled guy who's kind of been away from it all for a while? I would agree with that, Keith, but then how many times have we seen in the trilogy that they just download a program in their, into their head right. and they can immediately do everything? So yeah. there's no reason for that to exist in this world. No, yeah, I totally agree. And to be positive, Keith, um, I do think there are some kind of cool highlights to what you're talking about. I really, really loved how they filmed um, Neil Patrick Harris's character, the analyst, when it came to like a bullet time reveal, so to speak. And I loved that he kind of flowed through the world in his own way, and then Neo couldn't do anything about it. thought that was super cool. So I don't think this movie and this story is without its really great moments and kind of its new um, versions of action sequences like the original Matrix was, but um, there's just not a lot there. But that one did stand out to me because you were talking about... Um, kind of those characters i did want to bring that up so let's go in right with the intro did we like neo's blue-pilled game developers existence coinciding with like the new and improved not hugo weaving's mr smith i feel like i'm going to be saying this a lot because it's a cool idea we created this reality where neo believes that the first three matrixes are just a game like that's a cool idea like and, and, and being a video game fits the matrix universe and it just, for me, it's just poor execution. Uh, they try to be so funny about it to the point where it just doesn't feel uh, very well developed. I feel like I just, they just kind of throw it in your face and you're just expected to kind of roll with it. I guess I just wasn't, ex- I, I agree. I, I just wasn't expecting this Neo to be blue pilled, I guess. And maybe this is something that I didn't catch in the, the, uh, the ending of three. I know they, they carried him off, but the deal was supposed to be peace, and I don't think he agreed to be blue-pilled. So I wasn't expecting that. I just thought he was a Neo. When I first started, when I first started this movie, I just, I just thought it was like, okay, Neo is aware that he's in the Matrix, and he's just doing this game to, I guess, live in the Matrix. He doesn't want to go back to the real world, doesn't know what's happening to his body in the real world. That's where I thought we were at. I did not expect him to actually be blue-pilled. And that actually would have been pretty interesting, Keith, if he's so grief-stricken by Trinity that he just wants to be in the Matrix and doesn't want to be in the real world. That's a cool idea. Yeah. Maybe you should have written the Matrix 4. Hey, Keith, Keith, fuck you. Why didn't you write it? I gotta I got get on a plane right now. I gotta go write a screenplay. Shit. <laughs> go to Warner Bros. They'll greenlight anything, apparently. apparently. Um, yeah, man. There, There is just so much going on here. I don't even know where to start. The idea of Neo... Being a game developer, and essentially, if we wanted to simplify it, the past three Matrix films being his game. Okay, okay. Kind of got me. That's fun. I like that. Uh, Interesting. Pretty cool. The problem is, which I know both of you have brought up, is it's a cool concept, but just a few minutes in, it feels like they lose sight of it. And it's already, we're asking questions. <laughs> and it's like, hey, oh, what's going on? <laughs> so you kind of lose me. Uh, I think the thing that I found strange, I don't know if it bothered you guys at all, is I understand like he's supposed to be in charge of this game. 
And then characters slowly, like Bugs and Morpheus, start to seep their way in. And it's like, hey, here's the red pill. And then pretty quickly after that, he's back in not Zion, I guess Io, the new version, but it's basically, you know, the human city. And then after that, it's just, I'm Neo again. I'm the exact same version. I want to save the humans. I I already know Kung Fu. He makes a great line. I'm not going to argue that. I still know Kung Fu. It's still perfect. But I found it very weird how about 20 minutes into the movie, it's just after the premise is introduced, it's like, hey, have you heard of The Matrix? I was in those movies. Do you want like an explanation? <sighs> I'm sorry. I'm too busy. I'll see you later. And then it's just the movie happens. Now, I've seen the other movies, so I get it, but I found it so weird that it's just like, it just goes into it. Like, how'd you guys feel as somebody like you weren't as experienced? Like, it's not to you, Austin. Like, I thought that was just such a weird introduction. They give us the character and he knows the action, but it's just like, oh, okay, let's get into it. I mean, I think this is a terrible sequel to three. If this is what yeah, it's supposed right, to be, right? it undoes everything. Like they make this deal with the machines. Keanu does his part. And I guess the machines went back on that deal. They don't explain it in four. There's yeah, a new I matrix. Know. I guess their, their productivity levels are up. They say at one point, I don't know what that means. What are they producing? <laughs> I guess human electricity. I just, yeah, they yeah. say all this stuff so quickly. It's almost like they don't believe it, but they wrote it. So they're just trying to get us to the next action scene. So Matt, I guess this is mostly a question for you since, you know, you have more of a history with the Matrix franchise, but like we've touched on, the Matrix uh, 3 does kind of concretely wrap up the story of the original trilogy. So do you think Resurrections justifies its existence as a sequel to the Matrix 3? I will say overall, even though it's like a two and a half hour movie, I will say that I enjoyed watching it and I had a good time and I really liked seeing all these new actors come in. I'm a big Jessica Henwick fan. I love Yaya Abdul-Mateen II. Seeing them interact with like our favorites, uh, like Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss, super fun. And the meta nature of this story, I think if you're going to do a new Matrix, you have to do something like this. So I thought that was pretty cool. Overall, though, that is me kind of reaching for positivity. And in reality... Am I curious where the story is going to go? Sure. But in reality, uh, my biggest disappointment is Lana Wachowski, who is behind masterpieces like the original Matrix and Cloud Atlas for me personally. Um, it just really felt like there was more of a story to tell here. And after seeing it and the team behind it, I'm not sure what that was. You know, maybe in a few years we'll go, oh, they're making another Matrix sequel. Now I understand why they did what they did. Unfortunately, I'm kind of in that weird position now where it just feels like I don't really know what the answer to that question is. I just, I liked some of it. I thought the actors were good. liked some of the music. But other than that, no idea where the story is going. Not sure why they drudged up some old plot lines that seemed like they were closed. So I'm kind of in that weird position where... I want to love The Matrix, man. I really, really do. But unfortunately, I don't. <laughs> I wish I did. I, I definitely missed uh, Hugo Weaving. Where, where, where was Hugo? Is he doing CSI with Lawrence Fishburne? 
uh, from what I've heard, and I love I love seeing this because Hugo Weaving is, you know, he's pretty much like. I I like one and done movies, you know. I'm not gonna do sequels if I have no interest, which you know led to him not reprising the role of Red Skull, famously in the MCU. Uh, he showed up in the Lord of the Rings stuff occasionally, and from what I read, he really wanted to be in this movie, but it was like a scheduling conflict or just something they couldn't resolve. But apparently, he really did want to play Smith again in this, and it just didn't work out. Um, and my thing is, I think he, uh, he probably won out here. (laughs) He made a good choice. It worked out that he was not in this. I love Jonathan Groff. I'm a big fan of his, um, with Hamilton, with Mindhunter. Oh my God. He's so good in that show. Um, there was just, it's not his performance that was not great here. It was just the weird direction they went with Smith. And that kind of goes back to what I was saying is I, my favorite version of Smith, I don't know what you guys think, is the first movie where he's like a disgruntled employee who's like, he doesn't want to be there, but he's doing it because whatever he has to, I guess. And then he kind of evolves in two and three begrudgingly, which is kind of cool. But having him be here in this movie, I guess it would have been better if it was Hugo Weaving. But even if it was him, it still would have been weird to watch him like kind of save Neo at a couple moments. I don't think it would have been good. They also make it seem like his motivation is that he wants control of the Matrix to himself because he tells Neo stay out of the Matrix. And I never got that as his motivation from the trilogy. That's the problem because it never made sense why he came back in two. And then they tried to explain it. And then this, they really like (laughs) don't. Like, they're like, we're buddies. <laughs> it's goofy. Our well. relationship is very special. Or something yeah, like that. He's like, I Neo. got you, Neo. We're bros, And in this, dude. he calls him Tom a lot. Yeah. And even this, I know it's a little thing, but I kind of like, like that, though. Actually, I, I did like too, Tom. but still, it's like, he never called him Tom in the other ones. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe they fun. thought that if, if Hugo Weaving wasn't saying Mr. Anderson, they didn't want somebody else saying Mr. Anderson. I guess the nice thing for Hugo is if he does still want to be in a Matrix sequel, which after he watches this, he probably won't want to. But by the nature of the character, he could still come back in five because he's a shapeshifter. I don't think he'll get it. <laughs> he'll watch us on HBO Max and even Hugo Weaving's going to be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> That was kind of confusing, guys. <laughs> There's a lot of weird things about this movie. Why isn't her sister also directing? Where's Lawrence Fishburne? Where's Hugo Weaving? Where's our choreographer? Were they all like, hey, it's a bad Why idea? Why is the French guy from two and three a hobo in this Homeless? one? <laughs> really? That's a good question. <laughs> I feel like I feel like they're that was kind of an interesting interesting character in two, uh trying to ferry the programs through. And then in this one he's just a homeless guy with a beard that yells a lot. <laughs> That's really it. Uh so in addition to Agent Smith, the also kind of new thing here is it's a, a new matrix, not just a new matrix movie, but also a new matrix program. Did this work for you, Matt, once again as a huge Matrix fan? I thought it was cool. I like the idea of the video game and it being a very interactive element. If you're going to do like this weird VR or just like you're in the Matrix type thing, I mean, this is the way to do it. And I think there's a lot there. Ultimately, I just, 
I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm asking too much, and this is where I want to bring both of you guys in. When it came to the actual Matrix element, it kind of felt like this movie and the story was like, oh, you know, it's the same thing, but it's just time has passed. Did you want, I don't know, did you want something new? Did you want to feel something fresh there? Or were you okay with it just being like the same thing, but a lot of time has passed? I think the issue for me is they kept, especially Neil Patrick Harris's character, they kept saying it was a new Matrix. They kept saying it's different with generating more power, but it didn't seem any different. Mm-mm. I think it's the same thing, but they're now just harvesting all of their energy from Trinity and Neo. Which I thought that was kind of cool. Is basically they took their corpses, I guess, if we want to simplify it. And they're just kind of like harvesting, like you said, Austin, that energy. I don't know if that's how it works. That's just how I kind of read it. And um, I actually did, to your original point, I liked seeing a version of the Matrix where Neo, I guess, you know, Thomas Anderson is being forced to blue pill over and over again. Kind of cool, kind of fun to watch. Again, though, I don't think it really led to anything super interesting. Great premise, but they didn't really execute. Red did the same thing as the first one. He takes the red pill and gets out of his trance. Yeah, this one, there was more to it, but still, at the end of the day, it just, you know, takes the red pill and that's kind of it. Okay, so let's let's just jump into Trinity here. So we're in the the coffee shop. We're we're in the last, I guess, fifteen to twenty minutes of the movie, and and Trif- Trinity is still is still a tiff, but then all of a sudden, she comes back to being Trinity. Her memory is back as the Trinity that we know her as. She didn't take the red pill. Did this work for you guys? Would you rather have? us had some more work to get her to this this level? Or was it cool that she just all of a sudden snapped back? Why you call me Tiff? That's not my name. I'm Trinity. I'm from the year 2150, whatever. You know, so how did this work for you guys? The idea of Trinity and Neo's relationship being so strong that it can even overcome the blue pill. Cool idea. I'm so confused about how this whole scene worked, though. Like, why they're, why, why Bug is also jumping into the matrix like with Trinity's jack and i don't know man <laughs> you're right it was cool looking i don't know why she had to i think that's my tagline for the matrix 4 is the matrix 4 i don't know man do we need this <laughs> yeah i thought it was a bit too spontaneous i thought it was just a little bit too convenient to where they probably could have cut out other shit and put a little bit more build up into how trinity or into how tiff snaps back into being the trinity that we know that coffee shop fight scene was one of the few fight scenes I actually enjoyed in the movie. That though. was a cool fight scene. That yeah. was cool. I love Neil Patrick Harris being in kind of the middle of it and that always being kind of the end all be all. That was one of the great scenes to me. I was like, okay, this is really cool. Where are we going? And spoilies, ah, it wasn't that great. <laughs> but- well, where are we going, Matt? And do we want to see more? I don't know, Austin. That's a great question. <laughs> I think people in 1999 were asked, do we want to see more Matrix? And they were like, yeah. And then they got it and they were like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) I think for me, if we're going to make a sequel specifically like with the new Neo and Trinity at the helm, and I guess. Are they in charge of the Matrix now? I don't know. 
Was that the point uh, of the ending? I don't know. <laughs> it's too confusing. <laughs> it's a very great question. <laughs> but um, I think there is something they could do there. Um, I, I really, really do wish that after watching this movie, I felt a bit more confident in what a potential sequel could be. I know it's like a weird thing to say when it comes to watching a movie. It's like, well, what's the sequel? It's like, I wish after watching this, I felt confident in what and where they were going next. But I really don't. I don't think the filmmakers or writers do either. If they do something, let's hope it feels natural and kind of in line with the Matrix. Unfortunately, if this movie had rocked, then I think we would feel a bit less worried. But unfortunately, this movie in quality is Way, 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 way closer to Matrix 2 than it is to Matrix 1. And I guess, spoilers, my rankings for the movies is 1, 4, 2, 3. Um, that's me personally. And regardless if, like, if you think 3 is better than 2, I still think this one is better. But it's way closer to those than it is to the original. And I think after the trailers and everything, it felt like oh, there's a possibility that this could be... The Matrix Reborn. Oh, Reborn. There you go. They didn't use that because they knew this <laughs> <Nice>. one sucked, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I want to see more from this world, but I'm getting increasingly worried that this, is, that this is not the right team to do it. Yeah, I think uh, if I was going to rank these, I'd probably go Matrix 1, Matrix 3, Matrix 2, Matrix 4. Oh, wow. Love it. For me, the Matrix 4 just does not like have a reason to exist. And because of that, I'm not interested in the sequel either. because. Are they going to remake The Matrix 2 next? Like, is that the plan? I don't want to see that. I'll just go watch The Matrix 2 if I want to see that. Like, I, I don't understand what the plan is. I, I do kind of agree, Matt, that maybe this franchise needs to be in another filmmaker's hands. Like, remember when they took Star Wars away from George Lucas? Maybe we need to take uh, The Matrix away from the Wachowskis. Yeah, man. I think my, my, ranks, my rankings will probably be one, three, four, two. Oh, wow. But... How about this, Austin? And maybe Matthew, too. Would y'all maybe welcome a spinoff of this universe, perhaps? Maybe not Neo-Trinity related, but something maybe having to do with Zion or Io, and then also having to do with the Matrix? I think a spinoff of like growing up in the 20 years post the war ending in yeah. Matrix 3 yeah. could be really cool. Mm -hmm. And then you have... Morpheus, Trinity, and Neo as these legendary figures. Like, I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, maybe we get like the Mandalorian treatment with this franchise where they just, they tell it in the same universe, but it's a different story. Have Lawrence Fishburne actually be in it? I wonder why they were filming John Wick 4 if, if Lawrence was like, Keanu, how's, how's that new mixture's going? And Keanu's just like, oh, you dodged the bullet, my friend. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> That's not how he said it though, Austin. How do you actually say it? Hey, it's bad. <laughs> and guys with that it has been an absolute blast to do the show with you this is our last episode technically of 2021 so to close out if you enjoy this episode make sure you hit that follow button so you never miss our upcoming content also if you wouldn't mind sharing us with a friend we really would appreciate that to continue to grow our show Please leave us reviews as well. Even if you don't want to write anything, leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast really does help us out. At The Arnie's is our social, and thearnies.media is the website. We'll be back on Tuesday for our year-end special, the Arn Academy Awards. We've been giving out awards all year, but now it is time to do so for an entire episode. 
Who will take home a coveted Academy Award? You're just going to have to tune in to find out. I'll say uh, this is my first time watching the Matrix franchise. I'll never be watching it again. I will definitely be watching it again to catch things I did not catch the first time around. Not thrilled about it, but I will do it. Yeah, it's been a good year. I'm excited to go into 2022. All right, everybody. Happy holidays, and we'll talk to you soon. See ya. Bye.